Podcast number three, Miles Okazaki. Welcome. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we were just uh, playing a bit and discussing what I consider to be one of your specialties, rhythm. And I think that a lot of guitar players want to know more about how you approach creating rhythmic shapes in your music. So I'm going to go to one of the specific things that we were talking about and... Uh, let our podcast audience uh, enrich themselves with the wisdom you just put forth a few minutes ago. So let's take uh, a very common issue in today's music, odd times, so-called odd times, long time cycles that aren't made up of just 4-4 four, four uh -huh. or 3-4 rhythms. And let's talk about how you work on them at home how you internalize different rhythms and create shapes within them so things flow and feel natural and groove. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little shape to this um, <laughs> for you to make it easier for you. And put me on the spot. Yeah, I, I right. want, I would, because Miles is here with his guitar, so this is, this is <laughs> nice because we're, we're live uh, with his instrument. And... I'm going to encourage him to play some and then talk. Okay. So why don't you just invent for us a, a, a rhythmic cycle, not too long. Tell us what it is in, in, in your own words, as they say. Mm -hmm. I know you don't like to necessarily use numbers. And then play a little over it and, and share your process with it, with us. Okay. Oh, boy. Let's see here. I'll play something. Um, yeah, okay. Here's something. just now 
So, but uh, it was just the first thing that came to mind because right. it was kind of related to those things we were talking about where you have like, uh, it's kind of like a feeling of some beats going by, but maybe you don't want to count it, so it's more like a shape. You know? So what was the shape of that? The shape of this is five kind of beats, but, but the three of them are long and two of them are shorter. Okay, so, so if you would play that rhythm and count it out for the number lovers... Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, it comes out of a, of another this kind of a a thing in thirteen, which is the earlier part of the same tune, but um, but it evolves into that into that thing, and then it's yeah, it's just kind of like a rhythmic cycle. But and then that goes. Uh, I was playing a little bit in a, a triple feel on top of that. Okay, so. but tell us about how you you feel this because what, one thing we were just talking about, which is really interesting, I think, is how you hear a cycle in a fundamental pulse that feels very grounded and very grooving to you. You don't count each beat; you find an anchor for the rhythm. So, sing that anchor to us as you play the basic rhythm that you just played. So. So the listeners can hear that. Oh well, in this case, I don't know. I guess I would have to maybe tap my foot or something. Sure, that's. I okay. mean, maybe because I could, I could feel like, I could feel. That's one option, right? Good. Or yeah. it could be. Instead of, <laughs> I mean, in either of those cases, it turns around on the beat, you know, or the, the anchor, as you call it, or whatever it is. So, I mean, you could just do one where you just reset it, you know. So, I'm just feeling four beats now. The yeah. three and, and one longer one at the end. Yeah. Or short ones or something like that but it's not a very it's not really even a rhythm thing it's just sort of like a rhythmic container we were talking about you know so there's other stuff like in that tune there's a little rhythm that happens inside like dun 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 which is like a little clave kind of thing inside of it you know and then and then there's a thing it's built out of which is a totally different rhythm you know which goes I mean I'll just I'll play that for you so you can get yeah this is a long, this is kind of a long melody, right? One, two, three, four. It's a little pickup. One, Got two, it. three, four. myself up talking. It's like 
three octaves. That but, sounded like a, an etude. You, you should publish that. Well, it kind of started out. It's actually on a record anyway. So, okay. But it, it's, it's like, a, a, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of stretchy, hand stretcher. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called, by the way, and what record is it on? It's on that last record, Figuration. It's called Wheel. Hmm. It's, it's, a, it's much, I play a little slower than that, but... I gotta get. A, I gotta have to get some harmonics. Uh -huh. I gotta do some stuff like that. Yeah. See these right stretches in here. A couple six fret, seven fret, actually a seven fret stretch. So yeah. Oh. Well, tell tell us what it is about superimposing rhythms in music. That attracts you. What do you mean superimposing? You mean like one thing? Different on top of time another? fields operating simultaneously oh. in music. Yeah, as we know, there's always been some of that in jazz. Mm -hmm. But I would say that the ways in which that's expanded and been become more and more uh, complex, perhaps sophisticated, is one of the, the big recent trends in this music. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, I don't know about sophistication, but... Um, yeah, I'm uncomfortable it, with that word. <laughs> Complex. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, so, sophisticated some things, some things mentally, are, not yeah, necessarily emotionally. Yeah. Who knows? Um, some things are, are... Yeah, they get more complex as you look at them, you know? But um, hmm. I think I think it's all... All of the things that you're talking about are kind of just about... Maybe about some kind of tension and release, you know? Something like that. Like the way we have... An, you have a tritone and... Want to resolve it either coming in or coming in. some some kind of resolution of a tritone like that's that's a tension and release thing and you might have some rhythmic version of that too like a you know some kind of hemiola thing that comes out in some way you know and and those I don't know that's that's sort of uh, you could take that as far as you want in either direction you know you know uh, Harmonically, you know, we study this stuff, and we have a lot of words for it. Rhythm, it's not maybe not so much, but but um, 
not so much terminology, but like this, uh, we were playing that tune uh, alone together, mm -hmm. right? And there was certain kind of thing, like if you maybe it was a. Without the context of somebody else playing, it just sounds like the thing that I'm playing, right? Yeah. You know. So what so, I what I'd like you to do because I do what you did again, which is basically, if I might put words in your mouth, you're you're playing threes over the four beat cycle, mm -hmm. and you're extending them and extending them and extending them to build tension. Is that yeah. accurate so far? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So let's do that again, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna count. Mm -hmm. So people can really hear that a little a little easier, especially okay. maybe people who aren't uh, as advanced as you. Right. Well, I mean, this is this is some, this is not a new. Uh, this people have been doing not. this forever, you know. So yeah. it's just you know, no. But I like to try to make. <laughs> of course, <laughs> but but, uh, but you yeah. know, hopefully it's not just yeah. absolute like guitar geeks listening to this. Maybe right, right. there are people for whom this is um, really very new and and. And a little more incomprehensible. So, so let's do this. One, two, one, two, three, four. to next because I think that you're yes yes we're used to hemiola and jazz a lot um, we were talking earlier about what happens if you if you play say um, odd grouping like five or seven over a four four form how that can open up your rhythmic feel do a little of that for us uh, you know it's hard for me to think like uh, maybe to think of just a figure so something like uh that's that's something like what you said, right? Photo da 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 that's that's in this okay. 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 Um but in that same tune? Sure. Okay. I don't know if people know this tune. This is alone together. Uh it's kinda cool though because it has like a funny number of bars. Yeah. One, two, one, two, three, four. Ba 
come out right? How many bars is that? How many bars is that? Two <laughs> well, there's 14 in, in the A section. Oh, so well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, <laughs> that's, so that's perfect. actually yeah. cheating. I should do it on, I should do that figure on a different blue. No, that was, that like was that. hard enough. That I was, was like, okay. how, could, how could that work out? Well, let's try it since, since you don't, you're worried about cheating. I'll play a blue, I'm going to play blues chords in B flat. Okay. And you do that same thing and let's see what that sounds like. Okay. One, two, a one, two, three, four. It's an exercise. this new book that you have coming out which is this really remarkable collection of exercises and musical um i i don't know if i can sum it up there's just so much in there there's a section on rhythm there's a section on right hand picking there's a section on how strings vibrate why don't you tell us a little <laughs> little bit about it and how you came about putting it together and maybe what you want people to walk away with um you know when they when they sit with a book for a while well uh, a few years back i started i was doing some teaching up at banff you know banff like uh, up in canada and i didn't really have anything organized so i was like well let me just kind of try and write some exercises and some things that i do normally but like if i had students before then i usually just write it down every time like over and over again you know or else just teach stuff by ear or whatever but um in this case, I, I felt like I had to kind of come prepared a little bit. So I wrote out a few things, and then I did it again the next year, and I had a few more things. And I was like, oh, why don't I just just continue with this thing? Because I kind of was in the, at that point, kind of in the, in the frame of mind. Of course, it just snowballed into a huge project. But the question was what to write about, you know. I've always been kind of more interested in just in principles of music, more so than like the guitar. You know, the guitar mm -hmm. is like what I play. And I've actually 
never really been that interested in it as an instrument until I started doing this. And then I started to get, actually get, <laughs> get really into it. I was like, well, actually, there's a lot here. Because I, I don't really feel, at this point, qualified to do a lot in terms of writing. But I did feel like I, I could be qualified to write about the guitar. At least I spent mm. a fair amount of time doing dealing with the instruments. So, But I was trying not to get too far out there, so I was dealing with fundamentals. Same stuff I... Like, if I do some teaching, I usually just teach fundamentals, because usually everybody needs work on that. Mm. I, I do, you know, you do, I'm sure, you know. And maybe not what everybody thinks of as fundamentals, but maybe fundamentals of things you might not have explored, things like harmonics, things like how many ways are there to play two notes, how many ways are there to play one note, how many ways are there to hit the string with a pick from whatever direction you're coming from? You know, it's, it has a lot to do with that kind of stuff. And so it just goes through stuff like that. Like, it starts with pitch. The first half of the book is pitch, and the second half is rhythm. And I found a lot of people didn't really put much attention on rhythm, especially in books, except for, like, drum books and stuff like that. So true. Most of all the guitar books I have don't talk about rhythm at all. Even the ones I really like, you know, like that George Van Epps book or something like that. It's all harmony all the way through. There's no rhythm except for like what's notated, you know. Um, so, uh, so it starts with the yeah, pitch, but not just pitch, but strings. How do strings work? How do they vibrate? You know, and why are there harmonics? Why are the frets there? What's equal temperament for? You know, <laughs> you know. And the invitation is to skip whatever is not interesting because it's kind of it's kind of done in a non-linear way. So you hmm. just kind of skip around, you know. I know a lot of people are not going to be interested in how to build a chromatic scale from harmonics or something like that. Like, it's like not, they want you like, well, where do I, where do I do, where's the part about playing major scale and stuff like that? So that, yeah. you know, so you easily can just get there, but I don't want to start there with the assumption that you, that a major scale is something you know. Mm -hmm. Like, it has to be, first before that, why is, what is a pentatonic scale? Or why is a pentatonic scale something important? Well, maybe because of, the harmonic series well why is the harmonic series important well because that's the way string vibrates so if mm -hmm. you go all the way back to the beginning of the root of it then you get to that sort of you know strings that's a, that we're dealing with strings as a, you know and then there's wind instruments and there's percussion instruments and stuff like that but we're dealing with a string so it's it's nice you can visualize it and all that stuff and so it goes from there and then it goes it goes into uh, single pitches two pitches three pitches four pitches rhythms picking legato, polypulses, polyrhythms, stuff you can only do with fingers, stuff you can only do with picks, you know. But not talking about any style. There's no jazz in there or anything like that. There's no, there's no, the word jazz doesn't appear. Or the, no, the word of any other style doesn't appear because I just wanted to have it be like information. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, so fundamentals, it's interesting when... I hear that word, I think of something so different than what you put in this book. I think of uh, my first Mickey Baker book. Or Re reading Half Notes. Two Five like Ones. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and, and so it's really interesting for you to take that word and broaden its context. And I, Well, I encourage people to check out this book. It's going to be put up by Mel Bay. It's, it's got a, a treasure trove of uh, unique even idiosyncratic material that Miles has come up with that that I that I do think also fulfills that that desire of yours to give people fundamentals but in your own say singular way 
Yeah, it's also something for me to work on. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a selfish version of it, which is I'm just trying to organize, you know, what I've worked on so far, you know, which is just a little, just the beginning, you know. So mm. I, just, I couldn't say, like, the comprehensive guitar. I mean, I, it'd be impossible to, to, to oh, say fundamentals, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. Mm. Well, so in the in the day of, of Miles Okazaki, when you have some time to practice, what what's a a normal practice day for you look like? What what do you work on? Well, you know, Joel, I have kids and stuff, and there's often not much time to practice, but... Um, Even better, so you have to make the time that's count. That's exactly. I spend a lot of time thinking about what I, what will I do when I have that 20 minutes, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, but usually, I mean, I have to get in some calisthenics some maintenance stuff you know scales finger muscular motor stuff otherwise i don't feel too great you know Mm -hmm. but not too much a little bit of that you know Um, these things we were talking about you know and uh and then just straight into trying to find some some ways to get like you know practice what you play right just being just trying to play creatively but with some kind of rules so at least I'm practicing something you know Mm. not just noodling thing that I wrote because there's a lot of stuff in there I was trying to demonstrate and actually I can't do it that well I'm like well I better work on it you yeah. know some of the stuff like you know well play play for us there was a really interesting picking right hand picking exercise that you were discussing earlier where you were taking a you were accenting different 16th notes in a picking pattern to sort of develop the acuity of your your right hand. Mm. Would you play a little bit of that for people so they can hear it? Because I think that's a pretty unique and handy exercise. Well, I think I got it from a drummer. I think I got it from Dan Weiss actually. It was just it was just it was just something you were doing with rolls on the on the snare drum, um, you know, where if you have have a beat and you're actually it's too fast. Okay. Something like this, you know, and you just you just okay. divide it all the different ways, you know, just then just accenting. Thank you. 
but that's just a warm up with one note, you know, and then uh, it could be any kind of material. I mean, you could be doing something like um, something like. Uh, a, a pattern with. Oh, let me do something simpler. Thirds. Everybody, everybody knows these, right? So, but you could you could be playing these in a normal kind of way. Subdivisions be with no accents, you know. Right. But then I could put accents on them in one of those patterns, you know. So like, you know, just keep layering, on, layering on more stuff until it becomes like kind of hard to do, you know. So if I was gonna play those, maybe triplets. Maybe accent the second. Two note pattern and five subdivisions to beat accenting the second quintuplet uh -huh. or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of because once you put like two or three things together, you're doing something you haven't done before, yeah. you know. And I, I hate practicing things I've done a million times. I like trying to practice things I've never done before and seeing if I can just do it, hmm. you know, because that's sort of more similar to it's like related to the way that you play when you're, you know, when you're performing, like you're usually doing something, you're trying to do something new. You know, you're not trying to repeat something, so, you know, that feeling of if I'm going to go for it and I'm going to try and get it, you know, you can kind of practice that feeling a little bit, you know, oh. even if it's some super boring mechanical material like that, yeah. like you could transfer that feeling maybe to going for some, you know, something else. You know? Mm. That's great. That's mm. a lot of really useful stuff. Yeah. Just those exercises. I know I'm going to be doing some of that tomorrow when I wake up. <laughs> I mean, however long you can take it or whoever you live with. You know? So I want to talk a little bit about some of your alliances because um, I think that a lot of people have come to know you're playing better, for instance, through playing with Steve Coleman. Um, I don't know how long that's been going on, maybe two, three years or? Well, I've been, I don't know, I started hanging out with Steve in like 2008 and then playing with him shortly after, but I don't play with him all the time. I kind of do here yeah. and there, do gigs and sometimes do a tour. So, yeah, it's, I mean been working on stuff for a while now um six years yeah and so oh six years okay yeah so 
give us a, a window into what it's like for Miles. You know, Steve calls you, you're rehearsing or there's a gig. What are the particular interests and challenges and joys and uh, that come from working with someone who by now we're all fairly familiar with and I always had certain tendencies I guess as a guitar player you know as a musician whatever and uh, I'd always try to seek out kind of people who um, had similar tendencies but maybe I had gone much farther mm -hmm. so I wouldn't have to sit there and you know retrace somebody's thing or or reinvent the wheel and be like oh I just spent 10 years trying to figure this out and this person already you know could have saved me a lot of time you know um, so I felt like that with Steve I was like oh this is a guy I gotta talk to because like this is like right in my area you know not even just in terms of the way it sounds but the whole philosophy thing the whole thing about forces of nature and the proportions of things and our harmonics and all this stuff you know and uh, um <laughs> And so, yeah, so I, I tracked him down and I irritated him enough so he finally started talking to me. And he wasn't using guitar or anything like that, so it wasn't clear, like, I mean, not since, like, you know, David Gilmore really was there, like, somebody who really played guitar a lot with him. So, uh, and that was quite a while ago. Hmm. Um, and so it wasn't really clear to me what role guitar would have in a group like that, you know, where basically nobody's really playing outlining the, the 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 harmonies you know it's not like right <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing this whole thing right it's 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 much more of a of a collective sound mm. you know that creates all the stuff counterpuntal and all that stuff so uh, but it's it's kind of up my alley in terms of uh, the way i think about music anyway you know so so um and the way i think about the guitar being like fundamentally rhythmic you know, more than a harmonic instrument, even for me. You know, yeah. like I think guitar is not is not a piano. If you can't, I never am gonna be able to compete with a piano in terms of the 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 harmonic things that can happen. On yep. it, right. I mean, I can do certain things. You know, you know, somebody like Ben Monder or something can like do a lot of things more than I can. You know, but that's not my particular focus. My thing is more about uh, this the the, the rhythm thing and 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 especially um, how to create different kinds of things just from the guitar itself and not a, a lot of uh, effects and things like that you know that's one thing I, the only effect I had when I was uh, playing with him one time was in a, a volume pedal which mm. isn't even really an effect but mm -hmm. he had this one song that was like uh, it, it goes like a clouds and it was has all these uh overlapping kind of nebulous sounds and i was like oh volume pedal you know mm. like oh yeah and i started using it i was like Whoa, you know sneaking in all the notes and he was like what do you need that for <laughs> like i don't like trumpet player doesn't use that i don't use that we just do it you know with our armature or whatever we get the sound mm. that you know that the instrument makes and i was like oh, good. I guess, wow. that's, I guess that's right. I guess I don't need this. So uh, that was the last time I used any kind of any kind of pedal uh, with him, anyway. But because there, you can get a verse. I mean, you're not going to get the sound of a volume pedal, but you can you can kind of get the vibe of it somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like it's not going to be like 
-hmm. You don't need to have this big attack, but you can right. You know, I can, I can kind of get a feeling that's just a very soft attack, but maximum kind of sustain mm -hmm. if I do the right thing technically. I mean, you mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about. Sure. So, um, so you know, that's the way I kind of think about the instrument, too. How many? How how can I get the effects I need just from the way that I play? You know, so I saw that at the guitar, <laughs> guitar orchestra thing, uh, with you know the effects. The, yeah, yeah. We yeah. just recorded with, with uh, twelve guitarists with Adam Rudolph's Go Organic Orchestra, and there were probably a total of I don't know hundred and fifty effects boxes there. Yeah, it was awesome. Miles had none. <laughs> definitely singled him out it was, it was, I love that it was it made a good picture though I love all that I had Nels yeah. Klein on my right who was master of the effects and you on my left who had no effects and it was a beautiful place for me to sit right well that's the thing I mean because you have guys like Nels or like like Ben or like you know we go more of these guys you know who, who've been using this stuff and they it's like or like Bill Frizzell or somebody, you know, like somebody who's like is so they're so organically connected to the effects that they use. They use for a long time that it's part of their sound and like it's they're totally natural with it. They're not on the ground fiddling with knobs trying. Oh wait, that's not what I wanted and all that, you know. Yeah. Which is the way I would be if I have some stuff. I'm like fiddling with it. Ah, oh, oh, it's distracting me and messing me up. So. Hmm. <laughs> so that's that's like you know. I hear you. <laughs> talking about you said that you'd already begun to think of a mu music in a certain way and Steve Coleman was sort of uh, embodying oh, some of your aesthetics yeah. I think to how I first met you which was through our common friend Dan Weiss mm. who you have a lifelong alliance with and talk a little bit about how your your friendship and work with Dan helped develop your rhythmic sense how you two have kind of grown together as rhythmic partners in crime and how that connects to something that in many ways is a, I would say, mega trend in jazz music that Steve was a big part of, which is this whole development of rhythm right. over the past 25 years where, where harmony had sort of reached its apotheosis in a certain way and rhythmic elements kind of became a focus of expansion for a lot of players. Right. Well, um, I, I just asked a big question. So we're talking yeah, Dan Weiss. Like, like several, yeah, yeah. We're start. <laughs> and your alliance moving into... And your, you used the word apotheosis, which I need your, to figure out. Here. <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving into your connection with Steve and yeah, then sort of yeah. a part of a 
a macro view of this whole amazing a, rhythmic there's development. There's certainly a vibe, yeah, certainly a vibe, you know, certain players rising and visibility and stuff like that, but um, it's not like rhythm hasn't always been a focus, you know, I mean, Thelonious Monk, Charlie Parker, whatever, you know, I mean, it's all about rhythm, right, but but maybe, maybe a certain um, science of rhythm has developed, you know, mm. uh, recently that is a little different, that has a lot to do with, I mean, I met Danny and in uh, maybe 97, yeah, and uh, at Manhattan School of Music, and he was, at that point, he was just getting started with tabla. He just bought a tabla, he was sitting in the hallways with the, trying to get a sound out of it, like <laughs> one finger, you know, whatever, for like the whole day, just trying to get that first tone, you know. And we, you know, we played together a little bit, we played a lot of gigs, like restaurant gigs, playing standards and, you know, socials and all this stuff, you know, and, uh, and um, and so we got a lot of playing time in, just kind of, you know, incidentally, you know. And uh, at the same time, I was kind of starting to write music, and he was also in the group where I was writing. Um, and at the same time, I started to get interested in some Indian music too, from you know, particularly like I was playing the kanjira, this little drum from a little tambourine from the south of India. That's like an accompanying instrument, but it was good for me, you know. I can't see on the tape, but on the for guitar, I mean, you're you're, you're rotating your your right hand to to hit the drum like this, mm. and you're squeezing with your left hand. So I mean, it's kind of like the same oh, yeah. as a guitar almost. I thought of it. So as I could I could whatever I was doing on that drum, I could just transfer to the guitar. Mm. And I was always looking for something like that because the pick, like the right hand, is like a the drum, right? <laughs> Part of the guitar. You know, that's where the rhythm comes from, the right mm -hmm. hand. So I was trying to find ways to develop my right hand to get to get something different than just, you know, up and down, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like one of the primary strokes in the, um, uh, on that drum is this uh, thing called Tadike Naton. I'm trying to do it on, on the back of the guitar. Five stroke. Right? right. So... I could just take that and just be like, uh. on the guitar it's the same stroke, basically right. I'm doing the same thing with my hand but just with a pick in my hand and with my fingers and all that stuff. So anyway, that, so, so that, you know, that was kind of the beginning and I got, I got further into that, Danny went way, way deep into it, obviously you know, you know, yes. he's, he plays professionally and I, at a certain point I, I was like, well, I play guitar, <laughs> you know, but I did, I found a lot of useful things and, you know, it was like the point where like, am I going to try and do some concerts or something on this instrument? And I can't really, I, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't make that leap, you know, so, um, but I got, you know, I got a lot out of that in, in, in terms of the rhythmic science, in terms of linear stuff, you know, and, uh, and then with Steve Coleman, it was the contrapuntal stuff, that's the missing piece of the puzzle. You know, for for me, for a lot of people, I think, mm -hmm. layered rhythms, like suppose like you know you got like melody and you have counterpoint melody, like two melodies, you got yeah. harmony, you know, now you got linear rhythms and you got layered rhythms and you have rhythmic counterpoint, you know, and that's you know when you listen to Steve's music, it has it's like all about that, you know, yes. and like it's is it maybe. Um, the aesthetic is coming from from like African diaspora stuff, you know, yeah. and uh, where that's you know most common maybe, and 
and then this other super crazy uh, science of linear rhythms is coming from this this Indian thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was interested in kind of getting those together, you know. Um, and Danny is like, you know, uh, yeah, we've we've worked for quite a while, and and and, and got to the you know the point where like with anybody you work with where you don't have to really um, talk about too much anymore. You just kind of can play and 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 if if he's like well, this is how the rhythm goes and I can say okay that's what it is and and he knows that I don't I actually don't think about stuff nearly the same way that he does you know mm-hmm. it's a lot of times I find out we've been playing something for a while and and, <laughs> and I'll be like well uh, what how are you feeling that and he's like oh it's like th- I'm just doing this and I was like oh it's totally different from how I was feeling mm-hmm. it but you know as long as you kind of it works together it doesn't really matter you know mm-hmm. but um but yeah, he's a great composer too, and we did we did I don't know we've been doing this duo gig for like a long time, like fifteen years or something, you know, and uh, never recorded, but but we have a lot of uh, kind of duo material. Hmm. So, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, we do well. We don't do them often. Just yeah. once in a while we get together. Or there's like a situation, you know, in a small place like Cornelia Street Cafe or something like that where you can kind of play duo and it's cool, you know. Yeah. And uh, and. Yeah, we have a bunch of stuff, a bunch of his tunes and and uh, things like that. But anyway, um, in terms of developing my rhythmic thing, I mean, playing duels with drummers. I have a few drummers I like to do that with. You know, Damian Reed is another one. You know, um, but Danny's by far the one I've done that with the most. And uh, you know, when it's just you and a drummer, you have to kind of define your space a little bit differently. You know. Yeah. Um, and also play strong enough to, you know. To match the intensity level, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so that certainly helped my musicianship working with him. The rhythmic accuracy is a big thing, you know. There's nobody, bass player, somebody. <laughs> you got to keep forms and things like that, you know. With just mm-hmm. drums, it's a different challenge, you know. And uh, and then and then with Steve too, rhythmic accuracy and keeping forms, same same type of thing, di- totally different approach, but you know the same musicianship I think it's a fundamental thing you know it's like just keeping your place and all that stuff you know and uh, and getting a feel you know mm. so um, but those those guys yeah I mean I just I seem to have gravitated towards uh, you know that what do you call it apotheosis no, zeitgeist no. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go back to that big word
Well, let me ask you this. Yeah, Can you give us a brief tutorial in hearing and practicing contrapuntal rhythms? Oh, boy. So you, you walk into a rehearsal and somebody says, okay, here's one cycle and we're going to hear this other cycle on top of it. So then how does one go about preparing and practicing that type of information? Well, okay. Why don't you give me the material? So this is your rehearsal, Joel, and and this is your new thing. You got to give me two pretty oh, easy Lord. rhythms, like kind of short rhythms. Okay. Because I don't want to mess them up. Well, let's bit. do something fairly simple that where the math is is not going to be too cumbersome. Let, let's say that we have a a cycle of three sevens. Right, but let's just say I don't want to know the numbers. I just want you to don't know, want to know the numbers. No, no numbers. Just just oh. just just. Just a sound like like if you want a seven, just say boom, 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 or something like that. You know, like, interesting. Like you know, just say like however you want it. You well, li- listener, take note that this is um, this is Miles' strategy for hearing <laughs> rhythms inside rather than counting them with his mind. I, th- I think there's a method that we discussed to this, which is part of your your musical approach. Well, if you're talking about layering stuff, you can only count one thing at a time, right? So. Mm-hmm. So that kind of short circuits the brain if you're trying to count, like if you put sevens here and you put fives here and you're trying, to, like right. you can't, you can't do it. I can't do it. Okay. You know? So I got to hear it instead. You know? Okay. So. Well, how about if our 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 underlying rhythm will be, Oh, I see. It's three, three. It's kind of long. Okay. Right. Okay. So last one goes up a little bit. Okay. Okay. Okay, and, now what? So you got to give me another one that's not and too the, hard. And yeah. the other, the one that's going to go on top of that is, here we go. Like it's something I can clap. Because yeah. i, I got to sing that one because it's kind of a pitch thing. Happening, okay. So, so. Okay, here we go. Okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to turn this into this. Okay, just to get the feeling of it, right? Because okay. I can't sing two lines. Like okay. you're singing two pitch things, so I say don't get don't 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 So I mean, okay. so I just did. I just said what you said, and then and then I clapped a kind of a, you know, a version of what you sang because I can't, you know, clap the, that sort of detailed pitch in from. But I can get the feeling of it. See, but I can you, get the feeling of but it. But what like you did, what I, what I, which I think is really useful, is that you didn't even go to your instrument. You used your voice and your hands, right, to try to internalize what I was singing first, right. So that, to me, that that suggests that you want to embody this before you try to approach it on the instrument. 
uh, any any other insights that you think will be useful for folks who are learning how to hear two rhythms at the same time? Well, you know, I got that I got that thing from from Steve, you know, and that thing clapping and singing thing, which is like, in a way, it seems weird. Like, well, I'm not going to go on stage and clap and sing. You know, I'm going to go and play guitar. So, what is the relationship? And I can't. It's much harder, as you know, on guitar to do what I just did, but on guitar with two different strings, like that's, yeah. that's like really difficult. Mm -hmm. And like, so I could do much more complicated things clapping and singing than I can do on the guitar mm -hmm. actually, you know? Um, but it's kind of not, that's kind of not the purpose of that thing, uh, is to just do something that you would then perform. Like it was more like to build some kind of musicianship, uh, skill, which is like, for me is like, uh, being able to, quickly internalize something and then use it, you know, and keep it going while something else is happening and list, you know, which, which translates on the guitar to be, I can be playing something and while I'm playing, I can listen to you and react to what you're doing without just like stopping what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like I can kind of multitask mentally, you know, uh, that particular rhythmic thing helps me with that, you know, um, or doing the thing we were talking about before, you know, just keeping, just playing whatever over some other thing that you have internally uh, internalized, like a tune, mm. you know, something like that, you know, playing mm. some some kind of figures over that. So, which people do all the time. I mean, this is no, sure, <laughs> it's not news, but uh, uh, you know, I was trying to, um, I was just trying to to answer what you were talking about. Yeah, but that's know. that's great. Th there's a segue you were approaching there. That involves this question so who are some of the people that you feel really have inspired you the most as a player and a composer and not just in jazz who are some of the people that taught you along the way whether by I record mean, or score or in person direct teaching was no not not yeah both yeah. i mean i've had some teachers you know who are or mentors you know i have one in high school named michael townsend who still lives out where i grew up um, you know, a lot of times it's like guys you don't know, you know, it's just people yeah. who had a big effect on you, you know, it's not like I could say Sonny Rollins, yeah, but everybody, you know, everybody's going to say Sonny Rollins, <laughs> and I've, Sonny Rollins has had a big effect on me, but that's like saying, you know, we all drink water, yeah, you know. what about classical composers, but uh, classical, well, I mean, yeah, well, then I just wanted to say that in the mentor thing, Rodney Jones was my guitar teacher when I moved to town, so uh -huh. this guy had a big effect on me, technically on the guitar, you know, mm -hmm. and then probably uh, yeah, Steve Coleman. You know, big effect um, in terms of musical philosophy and and musicianship, standards of musicianship. Sometimes you become aware of other standards of musicianship. You know what I mean? Like you're doing, you're playing with these people, and then you go and you do something else, and suddenly what, whatever, <laughs> whatever skill set you have is not adequate anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you have to kind of revise that. That that definitely happened has happened to me many times you know but definitely happened with steve i was like what is going on here but then after a while those things they don't they don't seem like a big deal it's weird you know hmm. so uh but yeah classical composers i mean bartok bach is the big one for me bach is the guy you know practice classical music i practice as much bach as i can and you know, study it and you know it just feels good it feels right mm -hmm. you know <laughs> it's like uh, the earth, you know. Yeah. So Bach works great on guitar. You know, some modern music I feel is not as um, friendly 
to the guitar yeah, as you, well. we might want it to be in terms of the classical repertoire, but Bach just sounds fantastic on guitar, I think. Any instrument. I mean, I think the thing about Bach is like some of the stuff is the instrument is not even specified. Yeah. It's like it's almost like it doesn't matter. It's just like here's the pitches and here's the way that they're organized in time and those choices are enough to make it, you know, great. So it's like <laughs> high level of confidence, I guess you have to have to do that. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I've tried certainly some other things, you know, that I love to listen to, you know, some, well, the other day I was look, trying to look at some uh, Scriabin, hmm. you know, which I love the way it sounds on the piano, but on guitar, there's no way. It's so tied up with the sonority of the piano and, yeah. all, and the range, huge range and all that stuff. This, this, it's not going to happen, you know, with some out some specialized instrument, you know. But uh, and then the, the 20th century guys, the Messian and, and Ligeti and, and these guys are very important, I think, mm. for me, you know, in terms of exploring kind of Messian and his mystical tendencies. I kind of felt, you know, interested in that mm. and uh, the extreme rhythmic stuff of Ligeti. I really like that. You know. fantasy of trying to arrange one of the piano etudes for two or three guitars but you know that's just one of those things I may go to my grave wishing I'd done it's just so immensely complex and beautiful one of the simpler ones I should add mm. <clears throat> did you ever consider because you started this this podcast playing a really interesting three-part uh, solo mm -hmm. composition of yours did you ever consider writing etudes for the guitar in a manner like Ligeti did, sort of exploring specific. I have. Th I thought problems. I was going to do that for this book, actually, but then a book got too big and it couldn't uh -huh. even take that anymore. So, but a lot of the things, a lot of the individual parts of these, I put tunes in here too, and a lot of them are etudes. They're already. Right. I mean, that particular one, that thing I played earlier, is like a thing for trying to get three independent melodies moving at the same time mm -hmm. and, and the hand stretching. <laughs> yeah. but there's other ones there's like that are just they're not actually things that stand alone they're like the guitar part of a, of a tune but it's a it's an etude like there's one in there that's like a it's like a picking thing and go Got it, but but it's a it's a thing. Uh, it, it might not sound um, that that difficult or anything, but it's actually kind of hard to play because um, all the uh, all the 
accents are on, are on upstrokes. So. Oh. And then it goes across the beat. So this is just, but it's just that's just a part of a of one tune that has a bass line. That... This is a, another part that links in with it in a certain kind of way, you know. I appreciate your humility. You yeah. said first of all, you said it it does might not sound that hard. A, it does sound hard. It looks hard, and it is hard. But I think that's an exercise that would be really valuable for people. Um, definitely for me, and 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 here's why. As a guitarist, I was just telling you earlier how I realized my upstroke had been weak my whole life and I never paid enough attention to it. So when you talk about an exercise specifically designed to build strength in the right hand upstroke, I already know you're doing something important because this just stuff isn't talked about enough with guitar players. Yeah. You know, these little issues of technique that can make all the difference. Well, yeah, it's the little things that you use to make the big things, you know, so like... Uh, the, the stumbling I mean it just comes from my own stumbling you know when I'm like well why am I stumbling in that place it's because it's an upstroke you know something like that yeah so it's evening out kind of stuff you know well one of the reasons that I was really pleased to be able to do this with you is that um, admiring your rhythmic work you know all the rest of what you do but specifically some of your um, investigations into rhythms is something I really wanted to share with people because as I say to my students all the time when we're working on rhythm, I say, you, do, do you realize that nobody talked with me about rhythm till I was in my 30s? Mm -hmm. My teachers, I, I had some really good teachers, you know, even world-renowned teachers, but very few of them ever discussed rhythm. So this is changing. You know, mm -hmm. guitar players are getting a lot more of this now. When I say rhythm, I, you know, what I learned about rhythm, I learned from records. Mm -hmm. But now, people like you hopefully can find new ways to uh, bring rhythmic information to people that maybe uh, make it part of an earlier part of, of a guitarist development. Mm -hmm. So they're not waiting too long to develop that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think things are hand in hand. I mean, you know, you can have music without pitches you can't have music without rhythm you know so mm -hmm. i mean <laughs> and with a guitar i mean come on i mean you got you can't even you, you got one hand that just does rhythm this hand doesn't even do anything else by itself so it's, it's not like you can be on a piano and you can do it like you know it's like everybody's playing and they're looking at their left hand all the time like what yeah you ever notice that and they're always looking down here this hand's just like Hey, look at me! <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm over here too. Yeah. It's like the guy in a basketball court. Like, hey, I'm open. Thank you. 
tend to have weaker time than other instrumentalists historically. Am I am I exaggerating here? Well, no. I mean, yes, but I think it depends. I mean, if you're talking about Jimmy Nolan and Catfish, you know, like if you're talking about the guys in James Brown's band and stuff like that. Those Certainly guys, they're not an example yeah. of what I talked about. Or if you're talking about <laughs> Jimi Hendrix or if you're talking about Jimmy Page or you're talking about, like these guitarists had a great time, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I would say like uh, there's other things. I mean, if we're talking about like in what the so-called jazz tradition, that's, mm. that's a certain thing, you know, if you want to get more specific, you know. Yeah where guitar players t tend to be a little behind <laughs> yeah. everybody. But, you know, that's it's all. That's just a... I don't know what the, what the deal is with that. I mean, we had Charlie Christian, and he was rhythmically very sophisticated at the time, you know, mm -hmm. very influential on a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, I mean, he's still kind of my guy, Charlie Christian, you know. So he's still kind of the one that I think about as being the rhythmic innovator on the guitar. Mm. In terms of... In terms of this, you know, this the main tradition that I come from, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, electric guitar with a pick, basically, I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, you talk about, yeah, you talk about, like, James Brown guitars and guys and funk guitars and all kinds of guys, like, they're playing in different kind of areas, or you're talking about, um, you know, uh, <laughs> talk about some Brazilian stuff I mean forget about it you got yeah. rhythmic rhythms everywhere you know? yeah. so so uh, that's uh, you know or the African guitar players yeah I mean whatever you know virtuosic right hand stuff yeah so there's no reason yeah it's just it's just that, that what we're talking about is we're talking about kind of styles you know yeah uh, and uh, when we talk about like dominant to tonic or something like that you're not really talking about a style that's just like information so the idea would be like, can we talk about rhythm in terms of just the information a little mm. bit, you know? Mm. Um, what are some of the basic things that we can work on to get our rhythm better, you know, to work yeah. on, you know? Like like things we were just talking about, you know? Well, I mean, we still went in style. We were still playing a tune and stuff yeah. like that. But it could be anything, you know? And, uh, you know, what are the things you could say, oh, that's not happening, that is happening, whatever, you know? Yeah. How can you do that yourself, you know? So... Yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> tell us before we close, what, what's coming up for you? Do you have a new record in the in the oven? or? Man, you know, I, I, I was trying to make a record. I've been trying to make a record for a while. The last one I did was three years ago almost. Mm. So, uh, But I got involved with this book, and it just took over all the, all the like, attention that I would have on comp I haven't composed anything in like four years like nothing at all really so, yeah I just kind of stopped I was mm. like I need a break from that you know so and then I've just been playing in a lot of other people's groups right now so I'm I'm not really I have booked a few things but I mean like this weekend I'm playing with Dan Weiss's big ensemble uh, at the Winter Jazz Fest and then uh, and then on Sunday I'm playing with a saxophonist named Patrick Cornelius at Cornelius Street Cafe and and, uh, and then there's a bunch of things with John Finlayson coming up and some stuff with Steve and you know it's like it's, there's a bunch of different things but I haven't been focusing on myself at all I've just been working on the guitar really so I think it's I'm going to make that turn pretty soon but 
Um, I'm trying to make a new record this year. I got a few sketches. Hmm. Okay. But that's all, you know, top secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, everybody's going to keep their eye out for, yeah. for the book, which has really been your focus for a little while. Mm. So, uh, well, thank you so much. This has been great. Mm.